This is episode 72 of the Christian Travelers Network. Today, we will be talking about allergic reaction travel testimonies with Jenna Erlinson. Welcome to the Christian Travelers Network, where travel stories, community, and scripture combine. Hey Christian Travelers, I'm so glad that you are here because today we have a very interesting story. Jenna Erlinson is going to be talking about something a little scary and unexpected that happened in Scotland and how God worked through that. But before we dive into that, I want to once again point you to our website, christiantravelers.net. There we have a bunch of faith and travel resources. We are going to officially be starting uh, booking trips here in the next two months, so be on the lookout for that. And you can also find links to our Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest as well. But without further ado, Jenna Erlinson is the host of Bridge of the Faithful podcast, where she explores and defines what faithfully actually means and what it looks like in real life. She's also a pastor's wife, mom to three small, amazing, and rambunctious children, and also works as an oncology nurse where she meets the most amazing people. Hey, Jenna, how are you doing? Good, and I kind of want to know more about booking a trip. That sounds amazing right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it might look a little different than normal. Um, We're actually excited to be offering some kind of like get away with your family kind of weekend things that we'll start off with and then things will expand once COVID dies out, but very excited. Yes, that's awesome. <laughs> so um, you have had the opportunity to travel a little bit yourself. Can you tell us a little bit about some of your experiences? I've had some really cool, Europe is pretty much where my heart lives. I don't know if it's because I have a lot of European heritage in my family or what, but I just adore all of European culture. So I've been to Germany and Austria, which Austria at Christmas time is pretty magical. (laughs) And um, I've been to Scotland, which you'll hear more about. And then I've done things closer to home, um, like Colorado Springs or LA or I guess Hawaii isn't really that much closer to home, It's just, but it's still the U.S. But yeah, I've done a, a little bit of this and that travels. Have a lot of those been mission trips or just kind of more vacations or? Most of them have been vacations. That's awesome. Um, but tonight we're going to kind of focus on your trip to Scotland. Why did you uh, go there in the first place? So I went to a little college called Cedarville University. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's a Baptist-y college in the middle of the cornfields of Ohio. Oh, okay. Very nice. Yeah. Um, And we, I sing, so I was in their corral, which is, I I don't know why they picked corral versus choir, but there's something different about a corral versus a choir. I'm not (laughs) sure. So I was in their corral. And we went to Scotland and toured and did concerts. Very nice. Um, How long were you guys over there? I think it was about a week. It was over Easter, probably about seven days. I feel like if you're going somewhere where you're going to have so much jet lag, you need Mm -hmm. to at least get a weekend to make it worth the time. (laughs) Absolutely. 
Um, and so what were some of the fun things that you guys did? Obviously, you got to sing. Were there any unique places that you sang at? You know, it's funny. I, th- I don't know if the um, if the event that we'll talk about later affected my memory. There's not a lot of, like, specific singing that I remember. Uh-huh. But I, I remember other events. Like, obviously, we went to see Loch Ness and um, hiking. That was probably the most beautiful hiking experiences I've had both in the forest and then on something called King Arthur's seat where apparently King Arthur rode with his knights all the time and it was um you like you hike up this hill probably mountain I don't know I just remember it was almost it was almost like being in a movie just seeing the scenes around me as I get up to the top of this King Arthur's seat hill and it was so windy it was like literally pulling the snot out of my nose (laughs) I was like this is so beautiful I don't know if it's the wind or if I'm crying or what is happening here but it was just it was a really cool experience (laughs) oh goodness sounds like the view might have been a little bit better than (laughs) (laughs) yes it was great oh my goodness that's that's hilarious um but you had like an incredibly memorable moment um in Scotland something you didn't really anticipate happening you want to tell us kind of a little bit about that story (laughs) sure um so there was a night um somewhere we had times where we were in the city and there were times where we were more in a rural area and this was a city night I don't remember which city it was but Mm -hmm. um we went out to eat and it was different food than normal and um probably about an hour after I started having an allergic reaction which we later found out was to shellfish that I didn't know I had apparently you can develop shellfish allergies when you're 18 which is terrible because then you know you like it but then you can't ever have it again um but yeah so we were I remember sitting Um, probably 20 of my choir friends, we were sitting in a room and all of a sudden I just was really itchy. And I looked down. I must have gone into the bathroom because I know I didn't do this in front of a bunch of people, but I pulled my shirt up and there was like hives everywhere. And then my face started feeling funny. And one of the people we were traveling with was an EMT. And he's like, your face has just doubled in size and my lips were huge my tongue was huge I could barely breathe and it was itchy and I was a nursing student at the time so I knew okay well I'm an EpiPen but I do have Benadryl so I like doubled the amount of normal Benadryl don't do this in real life but you know if you have nothing else to do I guess doubling Benadryl so I doubled the Benadryl and I could breathe a little bit more and then we were trying to figure out what do you do? Because at this time, I don't, um, they don't really have a 911. Now they do. It's like 999. But at the time we were there, it was this really long number that nobody knew, like nobody oh had God. memorized. Um, and then in Scotland, they just have really thick accents. So I was used to the Scottish accent. My youth pastor in high school was from Scotland, so I was kind of used to it. Mm-hmm. But he had been Americanized, so it wasn't quite so thick. And when you're doped up on Benadryl, <laughs> and trying to listen to these people with an accent that you don't really understand it's just everybody's in chaos and the um my choir director was just I could tell he was inwardly panicking because nobody knew what to do um 
so we we didn't get an ambulance and it was too late at this point because um the i'm sure ambulances still work and anyone from scotland obviously i'm butchering the culture and how things work because i had no idea what was happening but um nobody knew like even when we called the front desk they didn't know how to call for an ambulance really? which is still weird to me but yeah oh um gosh. so they ended up calling a taxi mm-hmm. and we had a check um a check tour guide touring scotland with this choir and um then a scottish taxi driver and then i had two friends come with me to help me not be alone and we were all traveling in this taxi to go to a scottish hospital and in the middle of all of this because i was so doped up on benadryl the only language that i could speak i could understand english but the only language i was able to speak was german (laughs) It was just a very weird situation. <laughs> yeah. So how do you know German in the first place? Uh, I learned it in high school through normal high school stuff, but I've always loved languages and how they function and how they sound and it just seems so romantic and and uh, selfishly, I like knowing something other people don't. So if I want to have a conversation with someone and people don't know what I'm saying, I can do that. <laughs> Um, and I was dating my now husband, and he also spoke German. So we practiced a lot, and it just – we still speak it today, so it's still um, something we know and practice. So you were speaking German in a taxi. How did this, like, play out? <laughs> well, my friends did not speak German, so they were clueless to the whole thing. I just – I kept – remember – them looking at each other and being like what is going on but (laughs) the czech tour guide spoke german and Mm -hmm. the taxi the scottish taxi driver spoke german and i think they were trying to keep me calm so they just kept asking me things and um my husband was or boyfriend at the time but husband now was getting ready to do an internship in berlin so they started asking me questions like how do you like you how do you even know German? What's this American girl doing speaking German in a Scottish taxi? <laughs> and um, and they it just led to a conversation about, well, my boyfriend is gonna be a youth ministries um internship at a church in Berlin. And so that we were talking about um how the taxi driver goes to Berlin all the time because he has friends there. And just talking about Jesus and he had questions about Jesus. And honestly, like, I I, I don't know if it just switched something in my brain because I do know all of these German words. But in a typical situation, I don't think I could go this depth of a conversation in German, especially at 18. Yeah. <laughs> so it was really cool. Because I remember we were talking about um, Thanksgiving and um, what that means to me as a Christian and, and food and church and what's the difference between denominate. Like it was a really deep conversation. And I remember he was just really curious and really hungry for knowledge about it. So, um, when you finally got there, like wrapping up that conversation and then like walking into a hospital there, like, what happened i guess so it was it was a really nice ending to the conversation um there was like not prayer or anything but it was kind of like a mutual we'll think like we'll never forget this conversation like i'll never forget this man and i pray for him a lot even though i don't even know what his name is 
um, but just praying for him and, and whatever journey he went from there. Cause that obviously was God calling him, you know, um, reminder that God's out there, whether you're in Berlin or Scotland and there's an opportunity for him to connect with God either way. So I pray for him a lot just for whatever came from that. Um, but apparently when you go to a Scottish hospital, you have to have, um, an appointment. <laughs> oh. so, um, so we get to the emergency room and I remember it was this epic looking hospital with brick and, um, just the really cool architecture of older Europe. So I'm not sure how old this hospital was, but I remember getting there and nobody knew how to get in. And I'm sitting here, I was feeling a lot better at the time because the Benadryl really kicked in and did its job. Um, so then it was kind of comical of like, what do we do now? We're here at the hospital. Our taxi's gone, but we don't know how to get in and you need an appointment. So finally we found this like doorbell buzzer thing and told uh-huh. them there was someone having an allergic reaction outside. So they sent me in and I sat in the waiting room and I remember – otherwise it seemed pretty similar to an emergency room here in the States. Um, they finally got me in and by this time I was speaking English again, so that was helpful. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> and I didn't have the hives anymore because the Benadryl was working and I was breathing fine. And um, But I also get kidney stones and I was passing a kidney stone at the time. So when they, um, <laughs> that's another fun story, but it wasn't, it wasn't a big deal. I passed enough that it wasn't a problem, but, um, they make you, you know how you like pee in a cup and American stuff. They pee in a box. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so they gave me this box and I'm like, what do I do with this? <laughs> and, um, so I went and peed in a box and it had, um, some signs of infection and things. So then they were worried about appendicitis. So I almost got my appendix out in Scotland. So that would have been a whole other story (laughs) but they learned that it was just a kidney stone and I was doing fine the allergy I wasn't having any more allergic reaction stuff so then I went back to the hotel and we went on our merry way for the rest of the trip oh my goodness that is one heck of a story and I bet the emotions were high throughout the whole thing (laughs) scared I was never actually like scared I was gonna die but there was it was actually me more calming other people down because <laughs> yeah. nobody knew what to do but that's just my personality anyway it's like it's okay you're gonna be fine i may be dying but you're gonna be okay don't worry <laughs> oh my goodness and i bet like that had to be um an even more heightened experience for the taxi driver like you're having an allergic reaction and yet you're witnessing and absolutely calm in the back seat <laughs> Speaking German. (laughs) Yep, yep, yep. Oh my goodness. So kind of coming out of this experience, like what would you say is kind of like one of the biggest takeaways for you, like a lesson learned? One of them is I've always been afraid. This isn't really travel related, but I've always been afraid of um, not knowing what to say when it comes to a situation where I can witness and just being afraid that I'm going to, step in the way and, and mess it all up. And in this situation, I literally had to give everything up. And like my tongue, I couldn't speak English anymore. You know, a <laughs> language that is my second language. And yeah, I'm okay at it, but definitely not one that I would purposely go in and like, let's have this deep conversation in a language that I don't even, I wouldn't qualify myself fluent in. Yeah. And God was able to like 
strip everything away that I take confidence in in myself and use me as a tool in a language that's not even my own. I was I would not call this speaking in tongues because I do know German, but um, where he he like loosed something in my mind and and used my tongue in a way that I would never have been able to do if I were in my full control. And he showed me that he can use me as a tool and he can give me the words no matter what situation I'm in. And that gives me now I have a lot more confidence in almost letting my confidence go away, if that makes any sense. Like I I am confident and feel like I can trust God to use me and my tongue and that he can use me despite the fact that I get in the way sometimes. Absolutely. It's such a like I feel like uh that's something a lot of us can relate to that struggle with like oh I'd love to tell you my story but I don't know if I can really like will I have the right words and yeah that's a true testimony of how God has changed or how God used you in such a weird situation and I'm that's so awesome to hear how he has changed just your mindset with that following God what would you say is something like from this experience that we would encourage others to maybe consider in their travel or in their faith lives? For travel, I would say it it's a testament that God's with us no matter where we're going. You know, when you leave the comforts of the country or the culture that you're used to, doesn't mean that God's leaving you. Mm-hmm. And he might even show himself in ways that he you wouldn't normally be open to if you were at home. So I've always loved how God shows up in and shows more of himself through other cultures, through other situations, through things where we don't feel safe. And the only way we can know we're safe is because we're with God and that he's with us. And we don't leave him behind when we travel. So if people are afraid of leaving their culture or being unconfident in a new area that you know if God's calling you to go there he's gonna give you the words and the the language even you know (laughs) um to do with you if you allow him to use you as a tool and to really give you you know that's a really cool story that's a really cool thing that I'm going to carry for the rest of my life because God was with me and I allowed myself to see him in all situations whether they're scary or beautiful you know, whether I'm on top of that beautiful hill seeing the awesome scene with snot coming up my nose or, or or if I'm in a taxi swollen twice my normal size and not speaking my own language. You know, God was there the whole time in both situations. Those are both situations where I have seen different facets of the one whole God and different parts of him and understand his character a little bit more. Absolutely. I feel like travel allows us to step out of our normal and uh, allows us oftentimes to trust him because there are things that don't go as planned, whether it's an allergic reaction or uh, just getting to see a gorgeous view that you weren't expecting or whatever else comes our way. And uh, there's opportunities for us to do that at home and when we travel abroad. So, yeah. But outside of your time in Scotland, you also have experienced some kind of scary situations where God has really shown himself to you. 
Can you tell us a little bit about some of those experiences? Well, yeah, that there's been a lot of travel. No wonder my mom was afraid to let me travel sometimes <laughs> when I tell her all these stories of things that happened to me. Um, you know, and it, well, there's like just annoying nuances of, of when I went to Germany in high school. And this was before um, cell phones and understanding like all of that stuff that makes me feel old. But um, it was right before cell phones. Like the year after I went to Germany is when cell phones came around. But um, they lost my luggage for three days. And I was the only one there without family. Everybody else had someone around. So I was like trying to navigate, figuring out like, what do I do without clothes for three days and stuff like that. And uh, God showed me a lot about depending on him there and how I don't need all the things that he will supply my needs through that. So we survived that. And um, another one is it doesn't necessarily, well, it impacts me, but it wasn't necessarily my story. But when um, my husband's family is originally from Chicago area, and every year we have a pilgrimage to Wrigley Field to see them play, except for this year because COVID sucks. <laughs> and, um, but this was, I think, four years ago. It was a long time ago. Um, well, four years isn't really that long, but it feels like a long time. But uh, we went with my my husband's family, which included my sister-in-law, my husband's brother's wife, and her dad came. And I remember we were at the game, and the first thing that happened was my mother-in-law started choking on a hot dog. And that was the first time I've ever had to do the Heimlich. <laughs> like, not at work at the hospital where, you know, where you would expect to, but at a baseball game for my mother-in-law. So there was that. And then right after that, my sister-in-law's father fell and broke his kneecap. Oh. And then he's he's one of those stoic veterans that refuses to admit that he's in pain. So he sat in his seat the whole time until the end of the game. And then when it was time to leave, he stood up and fell again and cracked it some more. <laughs> and so they ended up taking him to the hospital and my sister-in-law went. And while they were in the ER room with the doctor in the room so like of all the times this is just a crazy god timing so the doctor was in seeing um Sarah's dad and he looks over at Sarah and realizes that he's she's having a seizure to find out that she has a brain tumor oh so this was all a crazy day of traveling <laughs> and, but at the same time you know looking at this whole thing of god's timing if not that I'm thankful for broken kneecaps, but God was there when uh, Brian, his name is Brian, when Brian fell and knew that the timing of this knee break would take them to the ER and Sarah would, it, it just happened to be when the doctor was in the room that Sarah would have a seizure. And that's yeah. the only way they would have found this brain tumor until things got way worse. Wow. So all of the God timing of that, that was another crazy hard scary situation but all through that you see god weaved like she, my mother-in-law choked on a hot dog but her nurse daughter-in-law just happened to be two rows in front of her and literally ran over people to get to her you know like all this timing god is always there when it's scary he's gonna provide he's gonna be there to keep us safe he's always paying attention and he loves us so much amen Man, there have been a lot of interesting instances in your life, um, <laughs> and they all seem to be health-related, yeah. uh, that God has really shown up for you and your family. Well, 
Um, well, uh, one of the questions that I always love to ask our guests is what has been the biggest God moment in all of your travels? You've shared some amazing ones, but do you have any in particular that you would like to add? I, I do. Um, <laughs> I've been praying about this for a couple of days to see like what God wanted me to share. And this is a story. It's very personal. Um, but it's, it's been a huge change of our life and it's um it happened on may 23rd 2013 and we were going to la and my husband had just gotten so i told you before he was a youth ministry major in college and he did his internship in berlin Mm -hmm. when we graduated we decided we're like barely older than high schoolers we did not feel mature enough to shepherd (laughs) or be in charge of them so he he did other things and then got a degree in computer animation. And one of the things about having a degree in computer animation is you can't live in the middle of cornfields of Ohio and get a job. So we were checking out L.A. My brother lives there. So we were going to go visit him, see if we loved it, hated it, were okay with it to make a big move out that way and see if that's where God was taking us next with Josh's career. So we sat in the airport before we left and we knew this was a big trip and that something was going to happen. We were going to make a decision. Okay, we're ready to move out to LA, which was for me terrifying um, and exciting at the same time and and just figure out what's what's next in our life. So we sat in the airport before boarding. We prayed and I remember what we said. We didn't say like, help us decide if LA is where we're going to go. It was help us decide if now's the time for my husband to leave his job and move for something else. So we prayed that prayer, all excited. God's going to do something cool. We get to LA and literally five hours later, out of nowhere, my husband got a call that his job was just gone. Yeah. (laughs) So we're like, okay, God, that was, that was a little more direct (laughs) than what we were expecting. But at the same time, thank you God for um, just making it easy. We didn't have to think about it. He just made it. We asked them, make it really clear. And God said, okay, bye job. <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> um, you know, and it was kind of nice that we were on vacation when that happened because then we could uh, really just enjoy the vacation and not have to worry about, you know, getting back in time or what's waiting for me at work. Uh, we did have to figure out what are we going to do about insurance and stuff like that. But then we thought, hey, this is God telling us, yeah, you know, it's time to move on. Let's, let's move to LA. Let's check out some stuff. Let's make some phone calls. And at the same time, we were dealing with a three-year journey of infertility. Mm-hmm. And for me, that was just a huge identity crisis of just comparison and like, why God did you design me as a woman to have babies and then not give me the ability to have them? You know, all of this inner dialogue with God and anger and things. And I had finally kind of started turning a corner and thinking, okay, well, that means we get to adventure in different ways in our life. And then also we've got my identity crisis and now my husband's lost his job and and his ability to provide for our family. So there's an identity crisis in the middle of that. And um, so that was the trajectory that led us to – we can go, you can know, like the next six years of – that literally took us off the path. We were going into something new. Mm-hmm. And uh, – 
Two weeks later, we found out we were nine weeks pregnant. So we decided not to move to LA in the middle <laughs> of all of that stuff. But, um, you know, that was, that was probably the biggest God moment of like, Hey, I'm gonna, you asked me to be specific. I'm going to be specific and I'm going to take you on this incredible journey and show you that, you know, I'm the one that provides for you. I'm the one that gives you an identity. I'm the one that decides when you're ready to have a baby. I'm the one that makes you fulfilled, not a family. You know, that was probably the biggest God moment of my life is just that, that letting go and God totally showing us, I've got, I've got your adventure, your journey, your traveling planned. What a wonderful story. And um, it's so awesome to hear that God worked so many things out uh, just in such beautiful timing and very directly. <laughs> Sometimes I need direct and blunt. <laughs> oh, I overthink yes. too much. <laughs> oh, me too. Oh, I feel like I've sat on this. Um, I've been doing this podcast for over a year now and I've been sitting on do we like expand to more things like offering trips and you know what God God's kind of been pushing some doors around and just keep saying it's time it's time and can't keep sitting on the fence forever so yep yeah so did you guys end up staying where you were at um, or did you guys choose to find like a totally different location kind of depends on the 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 timeline that you're looking at here so. Okay. Um, so that, that sent us into, you know, okay, no job. So we got to figure something out. Um, we're pregnant. We're having a baby. (laughs) We've kind of just, so I, um, I switched to full-time in the job that I was in before I was not working full-time and now I went full-time so that we could have insurance while having a baby and all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And my husband did some freelancing. He had been doing video, um, production and, So he did some freelance in that and then took a job at a church as a tech director and then learned a little bit more about what he needs to feel like he can thrive. So the church was not a bad place and it was not a bad job, but he just needed more interaction with people. Mm. So he ended – here's more to the cool timing of stuff, but he actually ended up going back to – he was working for Cedarville University. He went back to work for them for – something completely different. He had been, he's, he was a techie guy, as you learned, he's the techie man. And um, he, he codes. So he went and did a, he became a web developer for the university. He got the call that he got that job literally three minutes after the baby was born. What? (laughs) So, so, you know, we're still in the same area. He goes back to the same company, I guess you would say different job. And that led him, we had to switch churches because we, we had, he had gotten that tech director job at a church. And then when we left, we decided it was time to go somewhere else. Not that, again, the church was a great church, but we needed to go somewhere different. Mm-hmm. And the church that we ended up landing at helped my husband realize, you know, I need to rededicate my life. I've taken too much control. I need to get back with God. Led us through a journey of, okay, you know, he went back and is like, you know, I have this Bible degree, this ministry degree. I feel like God's calling me to go into full-time ministry now. This was like four years later. And um, the whole story, the whole crazy story is um, so God kind of called Josh back to him, prepared us for a life of full-time ministry. We waited for another three years. So it was almost the same time of the infertility thing. I waited for three years from when we heard God say, okay, it's time for you to start looking for full-time ministry until God said, okay, my place is ready for you that I want you to go. 
And um, so he he was in the middle of two job interviews. One was as a professor in um, kind of the communications degree area. Mm-hmm. And the other was as a discipleship pastor in a church. That was, it ended up being like an hour away from where we were. So it wasn't really that big of a move. But um, the day he was supposed to go, this is so funny. The day that he was supposed to go to the interview for the professor job, uh, the day before we prayed, God, okay, make it clear if if you want us to go to the church or if you want us to go to the professor job because we just weren't clear. And, you know, we wanted him to be clear. And you know how we prayed last time? <laughs> be clear and um the the night like in the middle of the night or the morning it was like one o'clock in the morning of the day he was supposed to go interview at the university for the professorship job my water broke with our third child (laughs) and he never made it to the interview (laughs) it was two weeks early it was not expected we purposely planned these interviews to be like two weeks before um, mm-hmm. but nope, God, God said, nope, your water's going to break. You're not going to make it to that interview. I want you to go to this church. And so God brought Josh to this church that we're at now as a discipleship pastor, um, one that does web development and produces at, like freelance video production in the middle of COVID. So he was <laughs> able to get the church ready to do church online. Absolutely. And he's used his gifts in other really cool ways that just, you know, looking back, but all the stuff that we're at now, I can point back to that time we sat in the airport on May 23rd, 2013 and said, God, just make it clear where you want us to go. That gives me goosebumps. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. God is so good. And his timing is just uh, amazing. Oh my goodness, Jenna, we have absolutely loved hearing your stories of how God has worked in some incredible ways through some scary health situations and then just like moving your life and your husband and your family in some amazing directions as well. How can our listeners connect with you outside of this podcast? So I have a podcast myself uh, that kind of chronicles what what is faithfulness. You know, I've I've been through a lot of weird situations and seen God's faithfulness, and I've also seen where I needed to step out in my own faithfulness to follow. My podcast, like you said, is called Bridge of the Faithful, which your travelers might like. I've based the title off of the Incan rope bridges in Peru. If you, here's more story. You want more story? Yes, please. <laughs> so, um, the title came to me in a weird nerdy way because God knows I'm a nerd. And um, I got, I do, I sing obviously because I was in Corral in Scotland, but I also do worship team at this church that we were at before, the one that we're at now. And um, he sent me a text and it came in the wrong order. And God was already working in my heart. I want you to chronicle this journey with me of faithfulness. And all of a sudden, um, I got these texts that were in a weird order and it said, uh, the bridge to the faithful. And I I changed it a little bit, um, bridge of the faithful, just to make it sound a little better. But it put in my mind this, this rope bridge. And I did some research and I really someday want to go to South America and check out these bridges. I don't know if I'd be brave. I, I have to be brave enough to get on them if they're safe enough to get on because I just feel like that would be weird if I didn't do that after all of this research that I've done. But um the way that the Incans made these rope bridges is they they tied them together. They wove grass basically together and made them really incredibly strong. 
Um, and then they would go on one side, they would nail them in. So nailing them in kind of reminds me of Jesus being nailed to the cross. And um, they would go down in the chasm and they would traverse if this was a single person. So imagine Jesus nailing one end of the bridge in, going into this chasm full of dangerous creatures, um, tiger or ti- not tigers because it's South America, you know, jaguars and um, journeying to the other side climbing up and then nailing the other side in. And to me, that was a picture of Jesus like traveling this dangerous chasm that typically people cannot survive going across, making an easy path to go over, connecting two sides. So connecting me to Jesus with this bridge that he wove together and then carried across himself and nailed into the ground. And my job is to step on the bridge. You know, I have a I can see the bridge and think it's really cool and I can believe that the bridge works, but I need to step on it. So that to me is the faithfulness on my end. You know, God, God's faithfulness does not depend on me stepping on the bridge. God's bridge is there. It doesn't depend on me, but me crossing the bridge, you know, I have to commit to him by stepping on it. So that's the, the word picture of the bridge of the faithful is those bridges down in South America. And, um, so my podcast focuses on, okay, what does God's faithfulness look like? Not in the Christianese, but what does that really mean? How does that apply to me? What is my responsibility? And what amazing things can God show us that we can trust him and 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 journey with him across the bridge? I will definitely be putting links into the description below and be following your podcast as well. Um, thank you so much for sharing your stories with us. We have really appreciated it. Thanks for having me. Well, Christian travelers, I hope that you will give Jenna a follow as well. And until next time, safe travels and God bless.